All right, welcome to Bonehead. Chad somehow <laughs> disappeared into the to the blankness, into the black. Uh, don't worry, the void will spit spit him right back out. Give it a second. The void ain't gonna put up with him. So like you were saying about James's sunglasses? I, I, I <laughs> there he left again. He looks he looks exactly like a pilot that that that's just gonna just just now decided that he's just gonna fucking take off. Are you thinking I'll, I'll he's John honest. Denver kind of pilot? I'll, I'll be honest. If if it was up to me, what? Indiana Jones John Denver kind of pilot. I was talking I'm, about James crashing a plane. I'm a dick. I'm I'm not the singer he is. Of course, I'm still breathing. Oh yeah. fuck! I can hear you now. Now I'm all sad. Oh, that's, that's okay. the thing I always used to say about my about my sister. Yeah, it, it, it is like why well, I, I I thought she was a really good pilot. <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Damn. Now, all I got to say is that is the first thing I heard, and my brain is about this close to exploding. <laughs> there was well, a friend- Chad, welcome to Bonehead, Chad. We do this show every week. You'd think you'd be used to it, but yeah. <laughs> you remember what you do remember what it was like to have me on, right? Yeah, we do. But you know what? And we'd already got people quoting when James did that little post and then I shared it and we had people like, oh my God, we love Mick. And it's already, and I keep thinking, yeah, we want to have him back on. Mick's been in the house. We planned it. We planned to have him in person on the couch. That's the reason we've been putting this off. It's not because we couldn't make it happen. It's because we literally couldn't fucking make it happen. And am, am Am I making this up? Like there was literally talk of us driving to Tennessee and doing it at Mick's place. Oh, and you're then the, kidding me. And then the yep. next month, and then the next month, COVID hit. That's all, all true. Right. But you and Mick, Mick, we've talked. I mean, you don't remember all the conversations, but we've planned it to do it here. We oh, better yeah, we're fucking going, fantastic. <laughs> you were going to be directing. We were going to do your about the movie. We were going to do a thing that way. There's COVID kind of took care of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like COVID comes along and everybody and and the thing is is and tell me that you're not doing this now tell me that every day you don't have a threat all of a sudden a thread of a conversation comes back and ties together and you go oh yeah that's right you know my, my wife and I just watched um uh the new uh uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah has anybody seen it Well, I stopped watching about season four. I need to go back. Well, the funny thing is, is that they have come back after like after COVID and it's, and it's weird is even the writing is, is dark and desperately trying to climb out of dark places, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, and, and there is something about coming back in after this, you know, we came back in after nine one one easier than we're coming back in. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. I, I actually I agree. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that one. I think. I think what's funny as you talk about that, uh, horror author Gabino Iglesias actually posted on Twitter the other day. He said, "Name drop." Has yeah, I'll name. I'm hoping we can call him in and do it in the show. He says he will. We'll see. Uh, he wants to get wait till his new book comes out. Anyway, but he was saying that he's afraid this has killed the zombie franchise because nobody you 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 no longer think it would be hard to believe that somebody could be bitten and hide it because everybody's like, no, this doesn't exist. 
well, you know what? Go the, ahead. The, well, here's another thing, though, is, is think about just the time. Just think about 2020. Think about, and I, I swear, I'm not kidding. I've had friends talking to me about this, have saying that they were lining up a show that was a police drama, right? Yeah. And and I, I have a lot of friends that are like still working in the business and stuff. And a lot of like new guys that are working in the business. I know if you were working on a police drama before 2020, you are not going to be doing that police drama now. Hmm. Police dramas, gone. I mean, all they, of them. It, it's good. All of them. You know, and the thing is, is that's what that's what even uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is dealing with is is coming. They've had they're having a couple really really dark episodes, trying to come back in at at the end of of like Black Lives Matter and, mm-hmm. and the pandemic and all the rest of that. You know, it's it has changed. I, and this is what I'm becoming aware of is it has changed life in general in so many ways. Well, so the, all three of you agree that 9-11 as far as coming back is easier. And I'm, I'll pose this question to you all. We're not an overly political show. So but I do if that's true and well, I'm, I'm thinking about societally, it, not politically, no, you know, and, well, I, and I'm going to I'm going to add. Hold on real quick. I just want to this is the question. Is it because after September 11th, we were seemed to all be on the same page for a half a minute. Exactly. That's no, yeah. you are absolutely right. You know, that's why it and was we've even- never been on the same page during this whole horse shit thing. Well, the, no, we're further from it. The thing yeah. is we're further from being on the same page. I mean, uh, pol- politics, politics is, and, and, and here's the problem. The problem is, is politics has come in and tried to tell you recently that black is white, mm-hmm. right? When when you're, you're like, I'm sorry, but you know there is something about a weatherman's eventually got to get something right because he can look out the fucking window. Yeah. But politics isn't even that good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, oh, go ahead, Jeff. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go a step further and go really bleak and say that we recovered from 9/11 on the surface pretty quickly oh, yeah but i am dead certain if you looked at the track of history 9-11 is what led us to here today i mean i think really that was the long game is that it basically just turned this into just a shithole well it let it led us down a dark path and we're still not out of it yeah it- <laughs> I well, hate to be really good. Oh, hey, that was been Bonehead I, I, Weekly. We've got bullets that we're going to be sending out to everyone. You can feel free to eat that bullet. However, you excuse me. Chad, if you'll excuse me, I've got to cut my wrist so I can see color again. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go do that now. Oh, no, James, James. And for our, for our people not watching, tension, serious. Attention. In all fairness, you kind of started recording. I was going to make a dirty hobo joke as we introed in. <laughs> Well, you can feel uh, so, free wait, to do wait, it wait, now. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you went from dirty hobo joke to the world is a bleak and dark place and we're wait, all doomed. Wait, wait, have you not met me? Wait, we haven't honestly come in yet, Joe. That's true. That's Bring true. Bring us in. Bring all us right, in. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. With us today is Mick Strawn. Now, if you don't know who Mick Strawn is, you literally do not listen to the show. <laughs> and this is the first time you've ever picked this up. Wait, and I thought our guest you- was Mick Foley. Mick, I, you know what, Chad? I, oddly I, enough, I've met both. Well, all I got to say about this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? 
Did you rip paper? Was that your yeah. deed to your house? Did you it check actually, what was on that? It was actually, a, it was a page of my outline of a presentation I got to do next week. Oh, there you I go. have more paper and another printer. <laughs> anyway, so welcome, Mick. We're so happy to have you. I, I'm glad we could get through 9-11, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, uh, COVID, all COVID. in the first five minutes. We, we got through COVID quicker on this show than we'll ever get through it in round. And now we're going to now. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and now let's talk about Matt Gates. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, ouch. I can't, I can't spin my head all the way around. But... Chad, you heard any good hobo jokes lately? <laughs> yes. Shut up, and eat your be- Shut up and eat your beans in that dark alley that you're recording. <laughs> By the way, I want to ask you about your dark alley you're recording from. I have a, there was two or three ways to do this show. And I have a couple of things I want to talk about. But the number one question I have is, where the fuck did you get the tin to put behind you? I think it's great. Oh, uh, I'm not knocking it. It just looks like he's in maybe some sort of country music town in Tennessee. I, <laughs> this is uh, from a barn that uh, that fell down next door. Oh, really? Yeah, literally. Um, you, is this your oh, homemade? Is this your home studio that we're actually seeing? Yeah, this there? is my home studio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if you've been looking on Facebook, but I I took this tin the same tin downstairs and did my uh my doors downstairs uh, mm-hmm. a very bright and colorful version of this no and, i uh, haven't uh, seen it and i thought i mean we're friends on all social media yeah. so i haven't what i the- don't know it's the algorithms because you know some asshole that i couldn't care less about i see what he had for breakfast five times out of the week i post I, that so people will know i I'm know the feeling okay. i there's there's this in, incredibly screwed up guy that um, I keep getting messages from him all the time, and I and I keep looking Sorry. at him. Sorry, why is it him? <laughs> no, no, no! It wasn't you. You're the other screwed up guy. guy. And I keep getting and you never message. <laughs> so, uh, has anyone just out of curiosity? Yeah, has anyone here seen a Suicide Squad? Oh yeah, not the new one. No, I no the brand new one. Yeah, I, no, have. I haven't seen it yet. Oh man, my God! You know, How good you is it? It is. It is such a turning point in uh, in Marvel. It's the funny thing about it. It it is what all Marvel movies should be. There's nothing no, serious about it. it. There's a hundred million motherfucking things going on. At least half of them are kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, and and it's visually amazing, and uh, it, and the great thing is is that uh, I can't I can't think of the actress that does the Harley Quinn, Margot uh, Robbie. Yeah, Mar- Margot Robbie actually has control of her character now, mm-hmm. which which is great because it it just makes that character so much better, you know, uh, and and really most of the other characters in it, you know, kind of like fade it fade behind you know to her but um i it was such a it was such a treat because it was kind of like the end it kind of feels like that a culmination of the funny marvel movies combined with the serious marvel movies and then um and then they mixed in like a good chunk of meth (laughs) yeah what did you right? like it, Chad? No, come on, am I am I wrong about this? No, I really, really did enjoy it. I mean, it's it was one of the newest takes of a superhero movie that I've seen in a long time, and the fact that you're, and and this is one thing that I, I really 
there are many things to point out about what was shitty about the David Ayer. Ayer I'm going to pronounce the name, that version of it. Yeah. And yeah, it may have been the studio. We have seen the Zack, I have seen the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. It doesn't improve it. So I don't think his cut of Suicide Squad yeah. is going to save that either. Right. But, no, you know, but, but uh, just this, just this one. That's what I'm saying. Uh, what I was, what I, the point I was getting at was you really, there's other than the one kid, nobody is a likable character in this. <laughs> that is what I like about it. He went out of his way to make these people despicable. Well, then, somebody posted and I, I, I honestly said, uh, read and I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting till uh, next week, probably. Uh, yeah. I got moved. But somebody said, only this movie will go, we're going to put Polka Dot Man in <laughs> and we're going to make him hateable, but you're concerned about him. Not only that, not only that, he is nowhere near the most outrageous thing that happens in the film. The thing, yeah. the thing is, is you kind of see Polka Dot Man and you go, well, what the hell is this? And that's about the last time you ever think about it. That's you my know? only, and that's, guys, that's my only complaint about the movie is Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Because, was, because of, of who he is in the comic book compared to what James Gunn did to him in the movie. See, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't believe in comic books. I don't believe that they exist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, no, you no, sure as shit have made some me, money hey, off of them hey, a couple of times. Let me reveal they exist. Let me go get one off Wait, Hold shit. on. There was a movie listen, you worked listen, on. Is it listen, called Balada? Fantastic it, Five? If, if the right can say that COVID doesn't exist, I'm telling you, comic books don't exist all right you know and and the, 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 i i i couldn't care less about a comic book in my life yeah it, it just that they just absolutely did this movie so that I, I i was just completely blown away and just you know and, and there were a couple of things where there were a couple of things that looked really funky you know mm -hmm. and you and and still you sit there and go well yeah but that's all right because we've seen everything else <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm really i'm the one thing i'm hoping for is i hope warner brothers and dc are brave enough to give us a sequel oh, because you know God. because right now you know it's kind of teetering on is it successful is it not and there's a bunch of underlying factors as to why it didn't well, perform the way that it did but it, still it needs another shot we, we could actually have an entire conversation about this because we've got we've got the Scarlet uh, uh, Scarlet Johansson Black Widow. I thought you were going to say the Scarlet Pimpernel. I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, I thought she, I thought he was the shittiest comic book James ever read. Why 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 haven't we seen a Scarlet Pimpernel movie recently? Anyway, uh, but it's um, called Zorro. Uh, I, I think they should fight. Anyway, <laughs> the. Uh, but no, I, I I think it's interesting that this argument about streaming and and obviously allegedly, um, you know, Marvel and and uh, uh, Disney is making bank off of Black Widow, but because the contracts all said, hey, you only get paid for theatrical, they're able to to uh, let's say shortchange other people involved. Now is now the thing is is uh, Black Widow is showing is streaming and in the theater yeah yeah it's yeah. on yeah. disney plus and in theater uh that i'm pretty sure that that's gonna go by the wayside pretty yeah. soon here i i would imagine i mean there's gonna be lawsuits and i must admit and and by the way not that they're ever gonna hire me but sorry disney uh <laughs> because disney came out and and uh when they did their thing said oh she has no claim no merit 
and tried to frame it as she's already wealthy. She's just being greedy. And I'm like, wait a second, you're Disney. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, if this was a little independent film, I'd be able to be like, yeah, I mean, she did this small role. Yeah, you're but, right. But, but, but the thing Disney. is, Disney has such a long history of not paying people anything. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're Walt notoriously Disney for God's cheap. Sake. Yeah. Yeah. Notoriously it, cheap. I, I mean, you know, uh, even even I've worked at Disney and yeah, they're pretty cheap. They're, <laughs> they're notoriously really cheap. They really are. They've been notoriously cheap for years. But Hold on, one, one second, real quick. By the way, Disney, if you'd like us to take this down, you can now sponsor <laughs> Bonehead. It'll be Disney for the, and we will put this episode in the vault. Okay. Oh my and, god. Okay. Right next to Song of the South. <laughs> they may be cheap, but they're not as desperate as you guys. <laughs> well, no, okay. no one is as desperate as. <laughs> so what? I literally was on the suicide hotline, and they talked me down when they called. <laughs> they were like, this... oh, I was going to kill myself. No, no, buddy. You don't need to do that. Wait a second. Is this, is this James? Yeah. Okay, buddy. Let me walk you through something. <laughs> now, you call the suicide uh, hotline nowadays, and, and it's just the Disney switchboard. <laughs> so I don't mean to change the subject. Getting no, off of yes, Disney you do. Second, but I'm going to change the subject because – you called me the other day and left me a nasty voicemail. Actually, you didn't. I called you back. And then you, and that's how this, we got, we just, I was like, just fuck you. Come on the show. Let's just do it now. We'll do it again later too. But you called us old curmudgeons when you were I listening did. to our streaming. You guys, you and guys, that's what I was going to tell the other two boneheads is that we were attacked by a man that is 80 years older than us. <laughs> 80 years he was 140. He looked great for 140. Pretty shitty for 60, but uh, great for 140. Telling us that we were curmudgeons about the streaming and having a problem. Now, when you say he's going by the wayside, with the, are you talking about the movie being in the theater and streaming at the same time? Because they're racking up on that $29, people dropping 29 bucks, and them not having to worry about any kind of distribution, splitting that with AMC, or whomever it is, they are racking up on that twenty nine dollars if you pay and, a premium. And by the way, from a family, I agree. Point of I, I I agree, but you know what? What's going to stop them is the talent reps. Yeah, I mean because it, it the thing is is it stretches the it stretches their revenue stream out longer and get and gives the 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 people who have points on it a better representation. Yeah. Now you know? explain what points are on the back end of that. Oh, points are a percentage of of mm-hmm. um, what is left after the accountants have hidden as much as they possibly can. Well, a great example of that is a movie called Forrest Gump, where Paramount <laughs> for years said they didn't make any money off right. of Forrest yeah. Gump. Yeah, it, 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 you see, it's harder and harder to prove because it used to be you could draw a line in the sand and just about the time of Forrest Gump was when you couldn't draw that line in the sand anymore and say, well, yeah, we distribute it. It's out there and we've got all the numbers back, but that doesn't happen anymore. You know, how come? Well, that's be- because you have playbacks, which mm-hmm. you didn't used to have. You didn't have all of a sudden you have VCR and, mm-hmm. and then you had a laser disc and, you know, uh, and, and now it's streaming and, and it's, it just has, change the game and 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 i've said this before i've said that it, it right now we're in the middle of a 
of a huge amount of change that's going to keep swirling and swirling and swirling because our distribution is still kind of is still based on uh, it's still based on theater yep. you know it's still based on theater from the 1800s yep uh it's pronounced the atah <laughs> And it's spelled T R E at the end, or Chad goes T R E. I was gonna, I was just gonna get into that. I was just gonna say, oh, you mean, oh, you pronounce it R E instead of E R. Well, you're in Tennessee now, man. You can just go ahead and start saying theaters. <laughs> no, actually, the correct term is, and this is true also for Kentucky. I'm not shaming anybody. Picture show. We're gonna take Thelma Lou. <laughs> moving show. Why they're moving pictures? So. <laughs> They've got the Nickelodeon in town this weekend. That's obscure for a lot of our people. I don't know what that, that's a channel. Anyway, keep going. But but theaters theaters were basically uh, mm-hmm. you know how we uh, how we created a business you know yeah. and we just replaced films with you know with uh, actors uh, with films. I mean, we instead of live action. Film. You're that's absolutely right. Right. I I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I do know that. If you think about it for one moment, it has changed so much since the year 2000. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was obviously changing through the 1990s. Uh, there were so many different versions that came out by the year 2000. And I would say that we really are at a time where the creativity of the writers and, and mm-hmm. is, is really, really gotten better i mean i mean right we're seeing what we're seeing is we're seeing writing be the strong element uh whereas it used to be that uh the visuals were the Uh were the stronger element and 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 now the writing is getting whipped smart uh Mm -hmm. trust me if you've ever been in a film before nobody disrespects the writers more than those who depend on it um <laughs> that's true that's the first person that's fired is the writer no one rarely does a director get fired it doesn't well, i mean it has happened but the usual but i mean in the middle of production they're going to replace the writer well, over and over I'm something i'm going to throw something else out here though is what? that in, in general in general the writers it's funny i think it's hilarious when people take a show and they look at the script that's related to the show mm-hmm. and they say oh well you know it, it's all right here in the script <laughs> which is such utter bullshit i mean mm-hmm. a script could be a million different films you know just yeah. the same script could be a million different films it could look so different it, you know it, it could have a different feel it could be mm-hmm. cast differently and so forth so the, the only thing that I'm saying now is that right now, the way this, the, the way things are structured, uh, the, the writing, the writing has just been whip smart. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are more people that are actually writing now. Yeah. You know, there, there are more people in the business. Um, also, I think that there's an egalitarian nature. Ooh, big word. Ooh, I know. Big word. Sorry. Big word. Egalitarian. I'm nature. stupid. <laughs> go with man i'm just fucking with you. Keep because, going. because because the cost of the cost of making a film has dropped incredibly i'm just ta- i've just been talking to these uh people about uh, a film that i'm making that uh since i first heard about it has dropped from uh two million dollars uh down to two hundred fifty thousand to make the film as to how much they had and the only thing that i had to say at the very beginning was mm-hmm. 
uh, this is a bad vampire film, you know, so right. it, it's not incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good script, but I turn around and say, you know, here's the problem that you have. <laughs> if you want to get $2 million for it, you're not going to find it because mm-hmm. why? Why, why, why would you want to put $2 million into this? It's a $200,000 film. It can be uh-huh. made for 200000 as well as it could for $2 million. And with $2 million, I don't know where it gets you because unless you can get a really big star in there to really, you know, n- not an up-and-comer or something like that. And the thing is, is they're not going for $2 million these days. They're going for you know 200 million dollar projects well the middle the middle movie's dead the small That's 30 really- 40 i mean just the small film is dead or the med- the medium film like the small medium. bloom house horror exactly. films huge big 200 million dollar pictures they do those and it's not because this is what i was talking with some we talked about it on bonehead it's not so much the billion dollars that they make as much as the billion dollars they make that moves the stock prices and all the execs that's where they bonus out is with the stock prices Right, they're trying to. But well, like, the thing is, because they're all and conglomerates. And the weird thing, though, is, is it has so much to do with foreign sales now. You you can take a Marvel movie, you can change all the dialogue, you yep. you, you can you can you can change the voices, right? You know, you mm-hmm. can record over them, and you can send it to anywhere, and there is not any weird syncretic uh mm-hmm. you know uh you know like a southern sense of humor or or anything like that that's gonna that that's gonna make it so that it will not distribute just as well in india as it does in china yeah right they make well, these films and by the time we see them they've been seen all over the world and they have been they've made way more than their money back already right yep you might as well just call it hey we're going to the marvels Instead yes. of hey, we're going to the movies. Well, uh, so, and Iron Man Two, famously, I guess somewhat famously at least, I mean they filmed additional scenes that were only for China because they put in his interaction with a Chinese actor, and I forget who it was, or an actress, I believe. But it was literally we need this for this market, right? I'm not seeing those scenes, but they're like, well, it helps with that market, and it took them two days to add it in. And probably made them a few extra million dollars. Yeah, a few million dollars. Oh, yeah, you know. But the thing is, is I'm saying that they, those things, that's why the big, the big companies are making, you know, uh, DC or they're mm-hmm. making some superhero based thing because they can't do a clever little comedy because clever little comedies don't do well even in France, much less China or uh, Russia, right? So unless you have, and let's talk about an exception to that. And let's talk, go back to streaming. So you have Knives Out that does really well in the United States, right? Right. Right. It's kind of a murder mystery. It's also kind of a comedy. Once again, it's not going around the world. They're picking up for streaming because streaming is begging for content. Now, another point of this conversation that I wanted to bring in today was that not only did he criticize us for being 
just awful people and hating streaming and buying content and having something tangible on our hands. We also got criticized or I did specifically the criticism came towards me when I said they need a development exec at Netflix because of the horse shit. (laughs) And then this man reminded me, aren't you the assholes who did multiple years on this and you couldn't even remember 80% of the movies that came out in 1999. (laughs) What I was saying, and let me put it in my own words so that I only come out like half of a horse's ass. In my own words, I think I I was that's I was like, let's do it Friday. Let's do it Friday. (laughs) What what I did was before you talk, can you take the the oat bag off your face? (laughs) Oh, harsh. Oh, sorry, that's your beard. (laughs) I I miss my COVID beard, so keep going. So I think that what I was pointing out is you you were you guys were kind of uh, expressing that Netflix was a studio, which Netflix is not. Next mm-hmm. Netflix is is more of just broker. I mean they're yeah. they're just throwing, they're just throwing things out there, except for for a very small slot that just happens to be their mm-hmm. stuff, right? And yeah. and in brokering, uh, they don't. I mean, they they are literally throwing shit up against the wall, but and they're adjusting it by how much they pay for the brokerage of that given piece. If I'm right? not mistaken, they're more like a high end trauma. Exactly, and and, and, <laughs> the, and the thing is, is you were also talking about uh, about how they they they're not looking at these pieces. They're looking at these pieces just you know just in the aggregate they're yeah. not, not not in the specific and you were saying that there were so many bad films and so what i was going to say is wait a minute how about all the years that you guys that you guys did every film that came out in that year and honest to god if i'm saying that 98 percent of them were just pure dog shit yeah am i not right Probably in the 90%. I mean, there was, there was, was it 1982? We went off about a lot of people, and Nick, you know this. A lot of people say that's one of the best years of all time for genre, right? That's the junk right. is the thing. But, but right. we were six months in that year or five months getting to something that we fucking knew the title of. <laughs> yeah. Or that, yeah. And it's all those movies came out that summer. It has actually surprised me. I did not know how many really bad films were it. The only way that I really knew that as it was going along, how uh-huh. many, like, and I don't mean bad films particularly. I mean, unrecognizable. Films. Just no, forgettable, films forgettable, completely forgettable because I have been blessed with a really strange um, resume. Right. Uh, my, I have, I have a resume that is, that is, I don't care what you say about it. It's got a lot of recognizable stuff in it, right? Yes. That is right. recognizable today. Here's the thing. I have seen a lot of people's resumes that they surprised me. I, a perfect example is uh, Jacques Haken. Jacques Haken was the, uh, was Nightmare. The, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And, uh, and then the DP, honestly, right? Yeah, he was the DP, right? And honest to God, the guy has been, there must be like a hundred films, 120, 100, you know, films past that, not one of which I had ever fucking heard of. 
And I looked at this and I go, well, that's really weird because, you know, for one thing, Jock is a very, very good DP. Um, I have to say to a certain extent, Jock was not the easiest person to get along with. Yeah. And, and possibly it could be reflected in his, you know, uh, his resume. But there are so many people that I've seen that just had like the, the most unforgettable uh, resumes and a lot of them it, it's like it, it just surprises me you know i give you a really quick example i remember that i was up for i could have taken nightmare on street three mm -hmm. or there was another film at new line um oh god i cannot remember the name of it and that's exactly the problem that was that was being pushed as hard as that right and mm. and it's it was it was big, same budget, same whole thing, and so my demon me. lover. My oh my demon lover! You didn't do my demon lover. You could have worked with is Stuart Pankin in that. Here, here, but here's the thing. I mean, the one guy literally, from literally yeah, at that time. I, I I I had people going. Well, you know, if you take my, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street three, it's a third, right? You know, yep. and, and that's that's cursed. They did kind of prove to me that, you know, our job was to reverse the curse. And I think that we did it. Um, but no, you don't go to conventions signing nightmare on M street <laughs> three posters. <laughs> no, you don't do five no. billion podcasts telling nightmare stories. No, none but, of that happened. But my demon lover, I, I, I mean, you know, there was like the same enthusiasm for it at the time you know as there was uh nightmare on elm street and people going yeah you should take that because that's new because that's going to be new and i was like well you know i uh, had scott valentine that's, i was chat chad i was about to ask you was that guy's name valentine yeah he from was family from ties family ties he was I had to faces boyfriend. and i have to and i have to tell you the honest truth that was why i didn't take it i didn't take it because because there was a curse on coming from TV into movies back then. Unless you're Michael J. Fox from the same fucking show. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but even Michael J. Fox had a, had a lot of really funky stuff come out. I mean, I don't know what you mean. Teen Wolf is Teen an Wolf? absolute treasure. <laughs> absolute treasure. <laughs> the only thing that's more valuable is Teen Wolf 2 with jason bateman by the way though say what you will about the teen wolf franchise the i gestalt, don't even remember it yeah the gestalt of teen wolf if you will it got a tv series that a lot of people if i don't mention will hurt us that's like, true there's some people that love that show and and when well, i'm like you know I, i've never seen it but i liked the michael one, j fox movie when i was a kid one I of them happens to be kurt <laughs> Does he like Teen Wolf the series? Oh, Kurt is absolutely everything for Kurt is Teen Wolf, and the great thing is, is I pointed out to him the worst thing. Uh, I said, you know, you really, you really like Teen Wolf. I said, look at it now, uh, in the revised framing of it. Uh huh. And uh, in the weird, and if you do, you know the the thing where he's surfing up on top of the van. Oh my God, I don't remember yeah. the movie. Well, here's the thing. Well, that's the big thing is yeah. him surfing up on top of the van as a werewolf uh, is it, it was like such a big deal in the film. You know, it was kind of like a, a an mm -hmm. anchor to like, you know, how right. hip he was. And the thing is, is in the reframing of it, 
you can literally see the motorcycle on both sides with the circles blowing, you know, like this, you know, uh -huh. and, and you can see because of the high resolution, you can see the cables and the whole, it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's hardly as spectacular. I have we've to talked about this before. There's some movies who do not benefit from 4K. Smokey and the Bandit. You, you really don't, man. I Smokey mean, and the Bandit's a good one, by the way. Oh, my God. There, Sally Field stunt double by in one scene has a mustache. <laughs> and she's she's supposed to be driving the car and she's it's supposed a to be, you clearly see that that's a dude in that wedding gown and he's, and, yeah 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 uh, i i i would say that the 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 girl jumping through the um through the uh uh the scene in the hidden mm -hmm. uh, i haven't seen the hidden in a long time that's jack shoulder right that's jack shoulder yeah you know because i i'm i'm about to like do a film with jack shoulder again. i i have saw that and we will get to that in a second because we want <laughs> we want we want all the scoops <laughs> will you please never say scoops like that again in front of me joe that's 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 you, you know what i that, feel like i mean an adult that, well that, probably that, that, that literally sounded like something that fell out of a serial killer's ass yeah. <laughs> i want all the scoops so Oops. anyway We'll get to Jake Schultz. Jake Schultz. Jake Schultz. Oh, Jake Schultz. Who, who actually, and, and he was nice enough never just to return my messages. So I always appreciated that. <laughs> but back to, I do have a hack question for you. And it's something I've never, we've had many conversations. I've never asked you this. But is there one that you've turned down in your memory? And I don't think it's ever come up of anything I've ever listened to you. And if it has, I apologize. But is there something to turn down your memory? It's like, shit, I should have took that. <sighs> Any podcast yeah. but this one. <laughs> well, I just movie because I mean Honestly. you were you were busy, man, for 20 years there. I mean, you were cracking oh, yeah. right uh, along. No, I know. I I never you know, you know the film that I took was the one that came up next like uh literally <laughs> literally yeah called me you know i was like yeah i'll go do that it's just one uh, of the so by so nightmare on m street three and and my demon lover just happened to be one of those where you you accidentally had two offers on the table yeah um right here's it let's put it this way you have to understand kind of how how this works okay mm -hmm. uh you're getting offers constantly, right? But, but, but the, as you get an offer, it has to be pretty early in the process for you to be a production designer. Yeah. And the problem with that is that there is this constant spill, and you you immediately say, "I'll take that," right? Mm -hmm. And then its development goes from one month, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it stretches back out for a couple of years right yeah and so anything that you're locked on is probably definitely not going to be the thing that you were going to do <laughs> yeah like any other part of the business right so right, that's exactly. the reason like directors and del toro being famous for having 10 movies going at the same time i'm just telling you everybody and 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 it's a business that everybody is doing like i'm playing that right now i mean i've got jack shoulder Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jet off to like uh canada for two weeks to go uh do a film in canada mm -hmm. uh but technically i was supposed to be working this week 
I was supposed to be starting this week, but that film has moved back while another film has, while it's moved all the way back to the, to like maybe this February of next year. Uh And this other film has moved back in so that it's going to be right after uh, this uh, Canadian film that I'm doing. And the Uh thing is, is by the time I get back from Canada, it's going to be completely, all that's going to be completely different. And that's what it's like to be in this business. You know, it's, it's, it is hard from a crew point of view in particular, you know, mm-hmm. the leads of the crew and, 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 and directing and, and being a D, being the main characters, the DP or mm-hmm. being uh, the production designer or being the effects designer or being the wardrobe person, all those things are in a constant state of like, I've got four or five of them. And, and all of them are in different stages of uh, of ignorance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and 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 any if any given one says that you know it's going to be a twenty million dollar film by the time you do it it's going to be twenty dollars uh, twenty dollars <laughs> in a BJ and the one that was uh, going to go for five dollars is going to wind up shooting it in the Titanic yard down in Mexico um, <laughs> for two, for 200 million. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it literally, I get, I give you the weirdest example of this. I remember when I was, I got a film called teeny weenies. Uh-huh. I don't know if you guys know what that became. No. Oh yeah, I do. Honey, yeah. I shrunk. Yeah. Honey, I shrunk. The you, kids, were right? you, go, okay. were you on it with Stuart? <laughs> no, here's the weird thing. So, so I get on it with this, I think his name was John Ambrose. Okay. Uh And, and, and he was on it as, um, as prop master. Okay. And I was on it as, as, as developing the creatures. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm working and, and and not all the creatures, just, I was just working on an ant. Right. Well, hold on before you keep, was this when Stuart Gordon was going to direct it because he dropped out at the last minute. Right, right back. Yeah, this is right back. And, and so, okay. so I'm literally doing another show. And and every time in between going to the set, I was doing effects because I could do effects on that show while carving out this enormous giant ant with Scott. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we finished this ant, you know, which which was literally done in pieces so that we could then assemble it and then put it back in the van in in the uh, truck you know, and, and go on down the road with it and still prop on this other film and uh-huh. do effects on this other film. And uh, and I think literally we were moving it across town or we're going to drop it off at the offices of Teeny Weenies. Um, and when we finally made it across town, and I don't mean like we drove it directly. I mean, we were, we were like three or four days and we were going to be, you know, we were going to be over by the beach, you know, uh-huh. filming you know, like in three days. And by the time we got there, Teeny Weenies, literally the, the door of the office, somebody had scratched it out and said, honey, I shrunk the kids and then put uh, an address as to where that was with a new phone number. And that was how we found out that it was now all somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for the it's other two. And at that point. Well, that for the other two, that's it was Brian. Oh my God. Who was the, Brian Yuzna? Yuzna? And and Stuart Gordon wrote that story and wrote that screenplay. And Stuart Gordon was going to be the director, and yeah, he dropped you know, out. He, he said he was going to have a. His doctor said, I, "I think you're going to have a heart attack." He just never done anything that big. What well, did Usenef? What did Usenef do? Does anybody was, know? Uh, do director I know? Of? 
Oh yeah, Bride, Bride of Reanimator. Society. Oh. And society. Whoa. And society is so, have you seen society? I don't think so. I think I may oh, be. Oh my God. I got, Wait, oh society, my is, God. is that, the, is that, does that, uh, uh, I may be remembering this wrong. Does that involve a scene with a swimming pool near the end of the film? I don't think so. Now okay, I'm looking up. Did you work on society? The society? I, I have a friend who worked on society. It's just something that I followed at the time. I was just, I, I was just like, that is the most whacked out script. Uh, uh, it 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 it's literally. It's directed by Yesna. You're right. It, it you it has a scene with screaming. He did it with Screaming Mad George, and Screaming Mad George made an appliance uh-huh. that was the size of a room that um, involved in the entire cast in it, which <laughs> which and all of them naked, and and there was a lot of writhing uh-huh. involved in it. And um, oh my God, it, the thing is, is this, I have to say this, is if you ever get a chance, if you ever get a chance, you need to see society. I, it was on the shelf for three years. It can't, you're absolutely right. They made it in 89, which would have been right around the same time as honey. I shrunk the kids and yeah. it sat on the shelf for three years. Okay. You will know so much more about this whole situation. If you look at that film, you uh. know? Because it is the crazy ass. It's look up a couple of images, just bring them up. A couple of images. I mean, I'm looking at a VHS tape and it looks like somebody is a face is coming through somebody's butthole. Oh, there it is. There it is. And it says, Society, it's all about fitting in. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Sorry, I I, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know there was going to be a sequel that was developed but never made. Now, now we'll never know what the how it was all going to end. How how they got that guy's how they got that guy's butt off of that other guy's face. I mean, now now Society 2 body modification was in development with the script written by Stephen Biro. (laughs) Stephen Biro. There you go. And the sad part is I just keep looking over and there's the face just staring at me. Out of the butt. Now, so Screaming Mad George made that, huh? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, but but the biggest the biggest appliance, the big, uh, it, uh, it, it, it is really, really amazing. It is, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a coming together of the entire cast. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these pictures. If you're if you're listening now and you're not driving, Google 1989 <laughs> Society. He's right. Now I've got to track this damn thing down. I've never seen it. Well, we can watch Son it in a, a couple of months. Yes. My, 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 my good friend, uh, my good friend Nick Benson w- was uh, was one of the operators that was up underneath there uh, uh, operating and putting that together. And uh, he was. I also worked with him on Nightmare on Street Four. Oh, he really? did a lot of the. He did a lot of the lead work on putting together the um, the cockroach sequence. Uh huh. Oh, you can watch it on Tubi, guys. You can watch oh. Society on Tubi. Oh, Yay. really? Yeah. You guys have to do it. You have to do it. It is just. Mick, you want to crash at my house and get drunk and watch it with us? <laughs> it is so far out there. Sleep over. <laughs> sleepover closer to halloween <laughs> we've also it. and then we can we can also watch a uh, oh crap 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 joe what's the movie we said we were going to watch <laughs> auto primager auto primager marcho groucho marks oh a skidoo 
Have you ever heard of this, Mick? It's uh, it's it's a famous flop. It had Groucho Marx. It was directed by Otto Preminger and Jackie Gleason, right, Chad? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a comedy from the late 60s. Yeah. Look up this. It's called Skidoo. Skidoo. I got to check that out. It I is notoriously seen. terrible. And it was uh, it was actually Groucho Marx's last film before he died. So did it cause him to die? Probably but we not. Can't. Well, why, we don't and, and why did he do it? Because Chico needed the money. <laughs> so moving. So back, Mick. Moving onward. Well, no, I did just. We, hey, wait, wait. Have we killed all this? Basically, I, there's okay. a guy looking. And by out the of way, Joe asshole. didn't do it. Joe didn't do it justice. Jackie Gleason, Carol Channing, Frankie Avalon, Burgess Meredith, Caesar Romero. Wow, that, Slim Pickens. Sounds like small, uh, uh, small, 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 small world. You know, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, that too. You've been drinking. <laughs> oh, I thought he was joking. You were. <laughs> By the way, uh, no, the beard, now the beard now, follicles have eaten his brain. Now, no, actually, now that he's just pitched it. Now we need to get Disney on the phone. False, false. The entire world gets shrunk by Rick Moranis, not his character. We actually have Rick Moranis do it. <laughs> what, he's bored. That, he's, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't that an episode of uh, of uh, Star Trek or something? Maybe. It doesn't matter. Everything's that, been an episode of Star it, Trek at it, this point. It really doesn't matter. Now, Chad, you've wanted to ask this man about one project for how many years now? How long have we been friends with him? Ever Four since, years? Ever since Four we years. met him at Scarefest in that conference room, and I didn't get to ask the question because this we were Sept- This September, and- October is four years, Mick. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, oh my, my son God. was just a few months old. That's how I'm doing them. He just turned four, so... Yeah, it'll be four years we've known each other. Hey, see if you actually come up to somebody as they're walking out of a room and go, hey, that. (laughs) Hey, you did do that. I I walked over to you. You walked it. Yeah, you introduced yourself to me after you took Robert England away from me an hour and a half before that, trying to get the. (laughs) Try to get some crippled kid's glo- Freddy gloves signed. Go, Robert, you signed it. He's about to tell me all these Tarantino stories because he is he he can talk. He's a ranking. Oh my god! Oh my god! Robert, he I, can talk. He needs his guy, own panel. The, the the guy, he was he was born with his mouth moving and it never stops. <laughs> and, and for me, it's fine. And specifically in what oh, I do, makeup, it's great. The, the makeup people. I sort of got Howard Berger used to, used to just sit there and kid about ways ways that he would you know uh, like to have to deal with Robert. You know, he would he would say, ah, "Son, you know, every time walk, Robert would walk out, you say, I sort of got next time I'm just gonna sew his lips shut, or next time I'm gonna just hit him with a wrench, or you yeah. know, because because they they would and and they would uh, they would like get him to promise." And if you were in the trailer when they got down to like this mm-hmm. area, uh, putting the mouth on, then then you you had to they they'd kick you out because he just couldn't stop himself. Yeah, I, I, he he's and it's great for fans. It's great for people to interview him. It's amazing, but he just can talk. And yeah. then as he, he was dragged away from this redneck from Kentucky by this <laughs> other man. Sorry, it's funny. Um, so Chad, do you want to ask your question? Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it. I posted on Facebook. I said, he's back. And I actually took a picture of your name in the credits. Yes. What was Man- that? Mantis. Oh, I thought that was, I thought James did that. I didn't know you did that. No, that Jeff. was me. Is that Mantis? That is Mantis. I was watching it today. I actually own the DVD, the complete series on DVD. 
Is is that off and, of the series or is that off of the that's off of the 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 original movie the that that's the original movie yeah the pilot oh, movie that you oh yeah. that's that's really weird because I didn't recognize it and I was I I not kidding I was looking at that going son of a bitch I don't I I don't yeah. remember seeing my name like that that well, and you know and here's what's funny and, and before we talked about mantas I do got to mention this it's kind of weird now that we're friends. I will watch a movie. Like, for example, I decided to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, completely forgetting your work on it. And your name shows up in the, in the opening credits, and I just start doing this. <laughs> well, no, hey, not to take anything away from Mick, but we also have had the director on the show because yeah. of Mick. We did yeah, two-part with Jeff. Actually, Jeff Burr was a... Wait, guys, I'm having trouble... Oh, is, who's pausing? I can see Chad. Did you catch up, Mick? Yeah, I think that we're caught up. Um, Eric Lanneville? What? No, Jeff Burr. Yeah. God damn it. Boy, he's freezing and so is James. But Chad, let you me refresh. Let me refresh because I'm not getting I'm not getting any of this conversation. I don't know is if I'm actually frozen. I don't think I am. I'm just sitting no, there. No, James just hasn't moved. Holy James shit. has just not moved. I could tell. Chad, I thought he was just froze. No, that's James. I'm, I'm like a cobra. I, I coil and then strike, except I'm only, I'm not really cold Well, why Mick is fixing his things? No, he moved. He moved. He just jumped I'm, at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. And we Sorry have the combination that. of the air shield. Anyway. <laughs> so you saw my name and you threw up. You know, <laughs> I was literally just like geeking out when I saw your name on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I completely forgot. I just happened to, I was like, oh, I haven't watched that in a while. I need to watch it. And your name showed up on the credits. And literally, I was like a little school kid. I was like going, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> well, and I was telling him, Mick, I was like, not only do you know that guy, you did a two-part interview with the damn director. And I completely because forgot. of Mick, I forgot. I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah. That that's, that's because right. he would never return any messages. And then when you said you should do this guy's a show, he was, I won't give the details on here, but, but phone numbers were exchanged. We were great. We hit it off. We spent over two hours with Jeff and had a fantastic guy, time. Jeff is a great guy. I am actually going to see Jeff next weekend. Oh, are you going to a convention in Georgia? Yeah, it's no, no. I'm going to one in Knoxville, uh, uh, I think. Uh, Knoxville. Uh, yeah, SpookyCon. No, uh, maybe. Well, good, good. Yeah, I. It's he, Ra is going to be there. Uh huh. And he's going to be there. Good. And uh, and I think and and literally now get this. All I heard was they need a moderator. Driving, need a moderator. I I am driving Joe Dugan out there. <laughs> oh, John, John Dugan. Are you picking him up in Louisville? Uh, John Dugan lives right down the street from me. I thought he lived in Louisville. I am so sorry. No, he, he, he lives, he, he lives kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, the, just barely the next County away. It's uh -huh. probably 15 minutes. So you, are, I didn't be embarrassing, you know, I uh, didn't know you guys were that close. Yeah, and, and I gotta tell you, I love John Dugan. John Dugan is there. There are two people that I that I know that are that are actually further left than I am in politics. He's and one. Howard, Howard Thornton. <laughs> David Howard Thornton, right? From the from the from the the Terrifier movies, the, the clown. Terrifier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's so far left. Even I stand there and go, 
Really? I'm friends with both of them on social media. And actually, uh, I've met both of them and have interviewed David for Scarefest. And you're absolutely positively right about both those gentlemen. 90% of their <laughs> politics is not they're, about they're, Terrifier or 90% of their posts are not about those horror films they are in. Oh, uh, no, about no. Their they politics. Are about, they're about politics. They're about politics. Yes. And, and Dugan's hilarious because Dugan hasn't, uh, Dugan hasn't uh, not been uh drunk or stoned since 1974 and that's his estimation not mine mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it, it it is uh it is him it, it's funny because they've got the the politics lined up and then rob Mello and these are guys that i keep seeing again and again right mm -hmm. rob Mello and dugan are the ones that you can walk by and get drunk on the way <laughs> to just sitting down you know it's it's like a contact thing they just if they breathe on you if you say hi to both of them by the time you sit down you you're drunk and you're and you're arguing uh left left in politics <laughs> so i met john in chicago many 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 years ago and he's not going to remember this and i don't expect him to when before i was doing conventions when i just went as a fan and he was signing i have my... to keep calling him up to remind him that he's actually going on friday so <laughs> so he's not gonna <laughs> well that's okay that. he left no that's okay he also left that show tony tempone who used to run fangoria and was over the conventions uh was uh, on the stage going well, where's john well he, it's somebody in the back goes he left his table an hour ago it was early sunday morning he's supposed to be doing the q a <laughs> oh well that's, he was no, driving no. back home but yes he was he was talking about how he got robbed many years ago when someone stole a bunch of Texas chainsaw posters and he goes do you think this is one of them <laughs> no i never met him before he's told me this long story and then he's oh, yeah. my story my poster of being stolen property <laughs> but he is fucking with you he is fucking with everybody all the time it's it's great because you know I'm kind of that way myself. Yes, I know. No, you, man. <laughs> By the way, uh, Mick, uh, I've been waiting to say this to you for, for three years. You love him and want to have. Yes, what? but is it bad? And I don't even know if he remembers this. Is it bad that it took me six months to see the penis? It <laughs> Did it I feel really? there's some context. Are you kidding me? All you had, hold on, hold on. Really bad joke. All you had to do was lift his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> that was more for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Horrible, no, horrible. Mick, yeah. So, you, so for there's example, context, so guys. to give P, I'm going to. You said the weirdest thing. You said the weirdest thing when I got it to you. You said, oh, well, yeah, that's nice. And I was like, huh that's really weird because literally i made a microphone that was a penis penis yeah so and, mick, and, yeah so mick if you if you haven't bought his book behind the screams <laughs> man mick will, mick will pitch you how to buy it here in a little bit but you mm -hmm. need to check it out and the one thing that's awesome about it is when you buy it mick signs it and he puts his little spin on it joe's gonna whine that he didn't get that i've never gotten it i've never gotten it. <laughs> but anyway so mick graciously photoshopped me holding a microphone at scare at our, our local Scarefest convention Scarefest uh the Scarefest. uh he put hair on me and it was this old it was like this almost velma type mop hairdo and that's all i saw and then mick is calling me going uh, i said mick thanks for the picture it's really great and he's going oh was that too much are you okay i didn't offend you did i and i'm like he just put hair on me and i don't know what he was talking about we exchanged back and forth <laughs> 
And then about six months later, I wh- I whip it back out and I'm re- I'm reading more into it. And Are I'm you like, talking the about book, the hair right? or the penis? The book. The book. You whip the, the book, book out. <laughs> and then I look, and then I just go back to look at the picture, and he put this giant dong right in front of my mouth. I never saw it. All I saw was the hair. <laughs> The heart wants what the heart wants, Chad. It's okay. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I like that. The heart wants what it wants. Yeah, it's, I the, not the heart I, on, the heart. I, you know what? I knew that you were missing that. Tape. I, I was. I knew that you weren't getting it, but I, but I sort of got is I words that are come out that you got to in your hand. <laughs> You got a broke up. I didn't you broke up. You All I, I heard was a come and <laughs> which here you go. No. There you go. I didn't want I didn't want to literally call up and go, yeah, I put a dick in your hand. <laughs> Never saw. And then it was an extra, you it was an utter extra giggle. I didn't even read the book that day. I just kept looking at the pictures, giggling. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't see the dick. <laughs> It's it's like he never read it before. Did you ever ask your Mantis question? No, we were getting ready to. Yeah, no. And then, um, yeah, so Mantis, uh, James and I have repeatedly talked about, we love all those early, late, early 90s, mid-90s comic book movies, regardless of how bad they are. And Ma- Mantis is, don't falls into that category. I still say Mantis is one of those forgotten treasures in, t- in terms of superhero storytelling. It's great. And it got this, it's been forgotten. And, you know, I don't, the DVD series has been discontinued. That's one of my prizes in my collection is I own that now and it's been discontinued. And you know what the thing is, is it then went, it then went to uh, Canada from, to uh, be, to be done. Yeah. Right. And And you can tell. And they, they with white people, which I thought was. (laughs) Yeah. And that was one thing that bothered me. Yeah. Because the first episode, especially if you look at it, today mick are you there you froze up now mick broke up what's he saying about white people what's happened did they whitewash it so, after the first yeah episode, so the, after the, the very first episode is very if you watch that first episode today it's very reflective of what's going on with the me too or the black lives matter movement it really is don't you it think really that? it really is absolutely i i i do not zoom come back in all the way that's okay uh, are we losing Mick? Well, when Mick comes back. So, uh, yeah, that first episode is strongly African-American based. Now, and that then, was created by Sam Raimi and Sam Hamm, Sam right? Hamm, yeah. And then when it got picked up for series, they replaced all the Amer- African-American characters with the exception of Carl Lumbly with white people. Hmm. I, didn't, um, I don't think I knew that. because so I they watched, whitewashed it big time. I watched the pilot, but I don't think I ever made it. I never watched the series. And I don't know how James felt. Mantis, for me, was a show I truly loved. Even when it went, and, you know, it it tried to tell some serious stories, even after it whitewashed. And then as it as it met towards its end, they really went full-on ham, like syndication ham. with the, They had, like, weird villains with stupid powers. It's still great. And I was, and when Mick comes back, I would hopefully get an. Uh, we, we this is a story that's been four years in the making, because I've been wanting to talk to him about Mantis. And the problem and is, is he busted the Mantis cherry on another podcast, right? I know it pissed me off. I didn't listen to it actually because I, all I wanted to the first two episodes we did, I was like, I want to get a Mantis story in, and we just never did. And then he he told another podcast, and they they focused solely on that. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I didn't listen to it because I want to talk to him about it. <laughs> 
He's so prolific. <laughs> he worked on every damn thing on earth. And he's left us. And we're yeah, assuming he's hurt us back. So we'll just keep bullshitting for a while. We've actually been. It's all that tin in his, it's all that tin in his office. It's just bound. The Wi-Fi signal can't bounce anywhere. But no shit. I guess I'll just keep this in, but no shit. I, if he posts about a movie or something, but for his home improvement stuff, I, I, I have to go look. Yeah. It's amazing. No, I'm just talking about his house. Yeah, I just I know I am I too. I don't understand why the algorithm of Facebook works that way. Oh, yeah. Why I see certain things and other things I don't. Oh well. But yeah, I was wondering if he would know where the uh, the credit scene that credit scene was coming from. Yeah, I, I was I was watching it today in prep because I wanted to. Re- I've I've watched it several times because, like I said, I own the DVDs and you can't find it anywhere now, so which again is a shame. We'll do a plug for Mix here. If you've never actually read his book about nightmare on m street for uh definitely check it out hold on we're plugging you mick are you there are you back can you hear us do you need a ouija board oh no he's moving he moved a little bit karen can you hear me do you (laughs) i'm back sorry guys coming to the lot carol Ann. oh wait no different different i was actually i was actually plugging your book right before you came on oh well my book is behind the screams i know uh, the making of nightmare on m street eight that's <laughs> no making of and then also the making of elm street not the making of m street making the m street eight street seven it's great seven. so uh yeah no back on mantis so what you were saying before you broke out was the fact that that first that that pilot episode was very african-american based and is very reflective of the black lives matter movement today right it, it really was and and god what a cast yeah and then the then then when it got picked up for series they whitewashed it you you know it's amazing because it was such a perfect example of how you really fuck up a tv show isn't it oh i mean it 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 doesn't get any worse than that because you you just like it's like if you said to somebody well yeah i know we take a black-based show and um you know what the only thing that really would improve it from this point is let's take all the black characters out yep right except for the you main know? character and, right except for the main character and still and still try and make it a black themed show well all of a sudden now now well we can't theme it on anything black because uh we've only got one you know black character so we're just gonna have to go to really uh really bad typical crime and that's what they did <laughs> you're like huh yeah and i was they, telling them as the show was canada did it yeah and as the show was in the death throes as they were just no they knew it was ending they were like really just throwing really hammy scripts creating weird stupid villains that made they were just trying to give him a, a, a rose gallery that just didn't work uh and it was uh, just it, it's you i, I still i've watched it two or three times since I bought it on DVD. And it's still just, you just watch the degradation of, of that, of what was you know, a it, really good show. One of the things that I thought was really strange about that show was that, uh, I mean, there were so many, there was so many things that was just so interesting about working with an all black crew. It mm-hmm. was, for one thing, it was very difficult to get together. Uh, that, you know, it, the, the industry to say the least was not representative of that point. Uh-huh. And interesting thing, there, there were a couple of interesting things like uh, them asking me, you know, of any other 
You're breaking and I up. Go, well, I, I, I didn't even know that this was a black show that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the really the weirdest thing was the weirdest thing for me, and and trying to work through it, uh, was that, uh, I, I mean, I got along with everybody. I had a great time. But when we got together at the very end for the crew photo, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I understood what it was like to be the one or two black people in a white crew photo. Yep. Because now, now I was the white guy in a pure black crew float photo. And basically what I was a glowing white orb in the middle of the cut. <laughs> so Chad, was that your question, Chad? You yeah, just... I was just wanting a story about because I was I was really fascinated with it because of where of your work on it and the 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 direction they were trying to go with it and it almost I succeeded. Th- I thought that we looked. I, I thought that it looked really good for the especially for the low amount of money on it. I mean, we, we did we did like I came up with this concept of like going with golds and greens and and and, and yet making them metallic and 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 glowing in against all these forms that were very sweeping and, and trying to maintain that through uh, and maintain that with the car and so forth. Um, I, I think that they really fell down on like the optics of it because literally, I'm not kidding. This is really true. Uh, I talked to the optic guy and, and, and I said, well, you know, the windows that we have, you know, have got this shape in them and I'll send you pictures of the windows so that you can copy the shape. And he says, Oh no, he said, we, we somewhere around here, we've got a model that we're going to shoot with. Uh, it, it was, uh, from, uh, some, uh, I think it was a cornflake commercial that we did like two months ago. And that's what they used as the model for the exterior of it because it was there. Yeah. Oh my right? God. Yeah. That was, that was one of the hardest parts is it, I, what, what was the mom? It was a Cadillac, right? Mick. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a, no, it was based on a Buick Riviera, a 67 boat tail Buick Riviera. Okay. And it, it transforms into this metallic, slim flying car. And the transformation right. just did not work. There was no, it, there it was, was, you know, I, that was a case of horror. It would have been better. <laughs> it would have been better just to cut to a new, another car, right? You know, just like, oh, oh, we're done. Oh, good. <laughs> I <laughs> got through there with that one. <laughs> but they did. Hammer just... pans over. You hear the transformer noise, That's... and then you yeah. go back. Oh. And, and, yeah, a... and there it is. You can afford cool sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. you do podcasts now quite a bit. You have I your do. own. You do other I folks. Do. You're very giving of your time. And it sounds like I'm, you know, being a kiss ass and i guess i slightly am but i do appreciate the actual fan service that you do but i'm curious about this and you and i've talked about first second and third acts of our lives and you i don't know if you remember last summer you and i probably talked an hour or two about something uh uh, that was similar to this and i was curious and i was i was really in a dark place and you actually you, you helped me a little bit and i don't even know if you knew that Oh. uh christy knows that but i don't know that you knew that i don't know that the other two knew that um so i appreciate that but what i'm getting to is is in this and i'm sorry to use third act of your life it's not that you're dead you can have 15 <laughs> acts I ain't dead yet. 
right. You're not not quite dead. So I'm curious how much of it is pure joy to be able to go to some of these conventions and talk to some folks who 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 have latched on to things that were just a show for you for two months, right? Right. 30 right. years ago that it was a job because you were just clamoring because you and I have talked about this. It's like, I didn't plan any of this shit. I needed to get a job. I had 14,000 kids in home. We had to pay the mortgage there. We lived in this blah, blah, blah. And I had to pay for it. And, and I'm curious how much of it is just true and I, joy and how much of it is aggravation <laughs> because well, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was on critters too. Keep going. <laughs> By the way, you, you know, have a wonderful Critters 2 and a wonderful Electric Boogaloo story. But that being said. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, and I wanted to mention the, that, you know, you don't, it, it may seem like when I'm talking about it, like, oh, all of a sudden I wind up here. And so when you wind up in a place, you, you especially as a production designer or, or whatever, whatever I happen to be designing or doing, yeah. um, you actually did your best at it. You know, and you right. tried to be as creative as possible, and you tried to, uh, and and the competition was stiff, and all of us were just, you know, absolutely uh, trying our best. And then, and then when it's done, then you move on. And in my case, uh, maybe more of the uh, mercenary aspect of my personality would come in, and 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 it's funny because is there there have been some tv shows that presented uh what it was like about uh, about working on a a, a show mm -hmm. um I, I forget this 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 one show that i that i saw that the actors are walking out of the building and and, and they're saying you know it's the final shot and everybody touched it, and the actors are walking actors mm -hmm. and the dp and everybody's walking down the stairs of this the final uh building that they're filming in and at the top of the stairs, they're saying, oh, yeah, no, I uh, I wouldn't answer my phone. I'm not going to answer my phone for three months. And, uh, you know, I can't, I'm so tired. Yeah, I, I can barely. And then as they come down the stairs, one, one of them <laughs> turns around and says, well, you know, I, I kind of got this thing coming up next week. That, that, that. And then by the time they get to the bottom of the stairs, absolutely everybody is glommed on to this one guy you know, <laughs> to see if they can get on that one film whatever he's working on and and that's exactly what it was like yes. you know and, and it was it, it was really weird because you would be in a completely different group of, of people that you're around you know um it's a uh, gig economy you're working for the next you're trying to find another gig yeah it never I, stops absolutely it never and, and and it's funny because what you're saying right there kind of coincides with with like the second act of mine Mm -hmm. where I'm starting back in again and I've got all these offers coming and, and, and you're, you're just stacking them up and, and you're stacking them up into the order of whoever comes first. Yeah. Right. You know, well, it, it, it's like, uh, as soon as the plane ticket is good. <laughs> when the money and, is in the bank, money is in the bank. Uh, I remember that, um, there used to be this this motto uh, is make sure that you always get a round trip ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which is which is really you cannot believe what a stigma in the business that is. 
it's like, no. like yeah i want a return ticket doesn't have to be right it, it just <laughs> i just need both of them at once yeah peter fonda right? talked about that in his autobiography where he did a lot of low budget films later on in his life and he, was, and he actually gave the details and it was interesting that it stuck in my head 15 20 years after i've read this book of this money needs to be in escrow I'm not oh, showing yeah. up till this money clears. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the thing about the ticket, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it, that's yeah. the same thing. If you have a return <laughs> ticket, you know, yeah, you can return get... ticket and, then, and then, you know, it's real. <laughs> yep. and, and then, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm, there's a story where Bob Hope would take women with him to the Vietnam shows. Yeah. And he wouldn't give them their, he would, he would threaten that they would, he wouldn't take them back to America unless they slept with him. So, yeah. <laughs> is that true? That's what, it's a story I've heard. I've, I've, I've never I've, heard that. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's yeah. a good reason to have a ticket. Uh, it is a good reason back. to have a ticket. I'll see you know, what you make for By the way, I have I'll to tell you that, that bad behavior, bad behavior has just, has just been the key word of this business. For so long yes. i it's like when uh uh what's his name why um hey, weinstein. You know, weinstein weinstein well weinstein went down uh, and all this stuff is is coming up and i'm going yeah i never knew why people were shocked by it yeah I, I, you gotta be kidding me you know it, it, it's like uh <laughs> it's i'm a hundred percent sure that he wasn't the worst and here's the thing and and here's the thing we pretend like this doesn't happen because because we're being very politically correct with the weinstein thing we're not pretending, yeah but what we aren't pretending is that there aren't a hundred women trying to get into the same position that everybody else did right mm -hmm. you know and at i i mean it it's it, it was a horrible thing but i saw the people from both sides, you know, all That's the way a, through. That is a fascinating point that we interviewed, and I'm going to look at our other two boneheads. We had a famous scream queen on here last year who talked about that, and she was very honest. Her name may, first name may be Deb, and I'll throw, throw this out later. And she was very honest going, if we're going to tell the story, if we're going to tell the really story, we need, need to tell we really need to because tell. Because there were women who knew exactly what they were doing and, and, here's and the thing, navigated I, it and used it well. I mean, she was, gentlemen, I'm very blunt with it. Was she not? Uh, if you're James gonna, wasn't in on that one, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, Chad, I know, was but that, blunt. Yeah. she was very blunt, and that was her whole point. If you're going to tell the story, we yeah, really, really should tell the whole you story. You really got to tell the whole story, and, 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 it, and it certainly doesn't make, you know, any no, it doesn't it, make it any right. better at all or, or right it, it's it, it's just it let's put it this way it's just that this doesn't happen down at the cement plant i, I i've got Prove a, a. <laughs> so i'm telling you the guys at the the guys at the gravel plant don't have this problem I, I think say, it obviously does I've happen been going to the, the wrong gravel plant. I think it does happen. I mean, we see some of this stuff. Well, okay. Funny story. I will not say certain places I work. I mean, I, well, I will say I hear stories and James and I have made jokes about this, Chad, a little bit, but James and I, there's this one particular story and I'll tell you all this later. And we're like that. What are you talking about? We never witnessed any of this. And it all happened 
but we never witnessed it. We were like, what's wrong with us? Why was no one hitting on us? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, oh, this happens right, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And like, this happens, happens all, all the time. You didn't know X was the BJ per. I was like, no, I had no clue. The, there were three what of was us. wrong with the no, bone It never heads. came up. Yeah. Never came up. Yeah. Nobody this did. sort of thing would never happen in higher education. <laughs> oh, shit. Here's something else we'll talk about real quick with higher ed. Same thing. And, and I've talked to, about it with the other two. And I've talked about it with colleagues. The amount of women who sleep with their professors and vice versa, but it's a little bit more towards that, that we never know about. It's completely between, you know what I mean? Between usually consenting adults, although there's a power play there. You mean, you mean, How often you mean, has that happened that? over the ages? Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. But, you know, a, and a lot and used to, you could get away with a lot. And I'm going to say a lot of them could get away with it more than they can now. Well, I mean, Errol Flynn has a, his entire autobiography is called My Wicked, Wicked Ways. <laughs> and, and he tells stories where you're like, oh, man. I mean, if I write my autobiography, I'm going to try to make myself look good. And he does not bother with that. He's like, no, I did terrible stuff. And here, I'm going to tell you about it. Um, uh, if you've never read My Wicked, Wicked Ways, it's a good time. Like, I honestly, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm fascinated by Errol Flynn, but I would not let him near my children. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, bringing this up actually brings up something because I think, you know, you've worked on films. Films are collaborative. You built stuff for films and all that. And that's one of the things that I often think about is some of these people that we, we no longer, I'll, I'll just use a name, not to offend him, but Kevin Spacey. Kevin no, Spacey did a lot of Kevin films. Kevin Spacey does not offend me. But no, but I mean, Kevin Spacey, a lot of people were furious yeah. and, and, and justifiably. That being said, somebody made the comment, well, you shouldn't watch Kevin Spacey films. You, gotta, you, know, you don't want to support that. And I'm like, but a lot of other people. Annette Benning worked really hard. I mean, these other yeah, people. Yeah, no, no, no. It comes, I, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that there's, uh, you know, I certainly don't like Bill Cosby, but. But is Bill Cosby understand. still funny? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm sorry, I don't know what what people what people's jobs had to do with that. You know, if if the guy if a guy at Exxon Oil, mm -hmm. you know, rises to the top, and all of a sudden we find that he, I, I I mean, do we put a lot of the oil back? Yeah, you know, I I I I just it absolutely confounds me because look. How about your rock stars, right? Mm -hmm. Come on. I mean, you know, it's it's not like we don't know like bad behavior. Uh, we still listen to Led Zeppelin. Well, Led Zeppelin. By the way, Led Zeppelin is exactly who was going through my mind, Chad. Of maybe some has some of the worst stories with Road or, or, or who or, or the who or the who. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's I I think it's a ridiculous thing to go back and destroy. Because you know, a lot of a lot of other people were involved in all that, and and I don't know what the one has to do with the other. I just I just really don't. Well, and I, I, that's just what I was about to say. So I was just wondering how you you know because my entire thing is because I struggle with it sometimes, but I, I go back to that phrase: separate the art from the artist. Like Lord Byron couldn't be buried in a Catholic cemetery for however many years. I mean, a hundred years because he was banned and then it's like wait a second 
I mean, you know, that, that, that would be like saying that because Jerry Garcia took heroin, uh, that we should, uh, you know, uh, eliminate everything that Jerry Garcia ever played. And so you, you would eliminate the most recorded artist in the world. Oh, really? You know? I mean, they only had that one song, Truckin'. <laughs> Watch this. He's a deadhead. He's going to kill me while he's high on acid. <laughs> Remember the, the good acids for the drummer. Anyway, um, but no, that's get right. the brown stuff right. the and go stuff. all Same crazy the machete. They send the good stuff for the drummers because they don't ever get laid. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, and that's the entire thing. Because I wonder, I just wondered what your thought on, thoughts were on that because I do think it's one thing. And like I even, and I use Kevin Spacey because it's in my head because my he's older now. But when my daughter was younger, he did the Nine Lives movie where he becomes a cat. I, right it's not, it's not shakespeare but my daughter very son and phil's directing career if i'm not mistaken my daughter loved that film and it, i was like what's well, for her age group at that time she loved it and when all that happened somebody's like are you gonna let her watch it i'm like well he doesn't begin the movie by looking into the camera and going i touch people inappropriately well, i'm a cat plus plus uh she isn't dumb enough to equate the actor the actor with the with the yeah. character role. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just think it's, it, it, I guess I'm too old to really understand it or give a shit one way or the other. Uh, well, I, and especially having I, been there, I just saw so much really horrible. It's, you, you know, the thing is, is this, is in this business, we become liars because mm-hmm. and it's hard not to become a liar because everything that we're doing is a fantasy anyway i mean mm-hmm. you know we're trying to retell retell our stories and we remake ourselves and all the rest of that in order to get to create these characters in order to create these stories and and we all become liars in the business you know uh it's something that in the end uh eventually kind of gets to an awful lot of people <laughs> well i'm curious is there anybody who's maybe passed on or something you were talking about there was a lot worse and i well maybe I, I know you don't want to say names but i mean are we talking and it's not just studio execs we're talking about people who anyone in power correct took advantage or not anyone but a lot of people in power took correct i mean directors probably writers what are you laughing about <laughs> okay production I- designers Maybe production designers on that <laughs> street three. Why did you touch me, man? And why did you well, hold, stop? Hold I just, I'm going to tell you just a little story. Hey, please. That's what I'm looking for. But I, I understand you don't want to probably name I was, names. I was, I was on a film that um, uh, it, it might've been like the only super, actually I did a couple super hero films. Um, and we it, named them both, but there was one that was really famous with a director you did not care for. Well, yeah, no, it was the other one. <laughs> okay. It was the Horman one, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say there, there, there's a guy, and I, and I just recently found out that he became a director, and, and I thought, huh, well, isn't that wacky? But uh, at the time, he was, uh, he was the um, talent coordinator, AD. Uh, you know, like I think. Mm-hmm like third or fourth ad you know mm-hmm. the guy that just like got the 
Oh, go get so and so from the set. Go hey, get him from the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He's, He's got the headphones on, going. I can't get. I can't get Arnold Schwarzenegger to stop playing chess. That guy. So, so one day, and I don't know what you know. It's probably because I had a little office, right? Mm-hmm. He's you know. So people would come by and hang hang in my office because there wasn't any place else on the Carmen lot you know that you wouldn't sink through the plywood and sink into the floor so uh you know people would like get in the you know the two chairs that i had in my office as i was working and uh and he brings in this uh huge uh notebook right you know like Mm -hmm. it has you know the big broad like four inch side right Mm -hmm. you know so and 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 like the 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 pages inside of it are the plastic you know that you put uh photos in Mm -hmm. and uh it was all set up for polaroids right and he had he had cooch photos in it so euphemism for cooch is uh hey you there right (laughs) exactly exactly he is like the holiest of holies keep going in order for him to guide them to the set you know he he will take a Cooch photo, and he had a collection. He literally in this one notebook must have had a couple hundred, right? And and he's showing. I'm like, and and you know what? The disassociated uh-huh. uh, cooch by itself, it, it's not a lovely thing. Not necessarily. No. Did he you have know? their names? Did he keep track of them, or was it just the photo? How weird. What? You know what? I don't remember. <laughs> Because that's why I'm, I'm sorry in my head I'm sitting there going well why would you bring it up as a coffee table book if you didn't like here's Angelina Jolie do you know what I mean here's Mick Strawn <laughs> I just I just I, I, I just you asked you well, asked I'm curious wait why? you asked and I have delivered <laughs> no I, I just there's a couple questions I had that was one of how does how does one remember who's whom and unless you kept, and how do you get them to do it as the fourth AD, who's the one that walks them over? You know, what I'm just, I, I was just saying, you know, good behavior wasn't, wasn't exactly expected. No, we got, I mean, <laughs> and wasn't delivered. It right. wasn't expected. It wasn't delivered. Uh, you know, it's, uh, and if, if I was going to say that up, through the 2000s that it was absolutely a boys club you know mm-hmm. uh, in in the worst possible term way, yeah possible way uh you know it absolutely was and you know just um that, that's what it was that's uh, it, whenever i hear that thing i i i i think about that guy and i think yeah you know he's he's directing right now uh successfully you know, I have no idea. I just he's I getting just, jobs. He's getting it's jobs. Happened, it's more it's than happened being... to see a blue a blip recently that you know he had he had done his his first directing gig, you know, and and I was thinking, huh, you know, I mean, here's a guy that definitely I could like tie together and 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 say, yeah, you know, you're kind of a piece of human shit, but um, but awful lot of human shit out there, you know. And, and, and the business the seems to attract some of the worst. It does doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's um, 
yeah. mean, not for us. For the most part, people ask me about celebrities and I always have the same answer. I was like, well, they're not like everyone else. 90% of them are great or easy enough or not a problem. And then 10% are assholes. It's like any other kind of group, you know, that you had to deal with. Well, do you think they're for me, part of the, but I don't take well, a lot of cooch photos. Yeah, but yeah, you have to understand that the, the like, like, and I'm going to go back to this is the business is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. These people, you create yourself, you you create your persona, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and and I think that it's it, it it's it's like this is if you were a transvestite yeah and and you walked down you create your you completely create your right persona okay that's exactly that's that's you'd be telling you're telling the story when you're up there yeah yeah that makes sense absolutely that that that, that's exactly that's what's happening yeah well it it makes me it, it makes me curious just thinking about, you know, like you said, it's, it's an industry that feeds itself on fantasy and, and, you know, it's one of those things where using your extreme example, after he got one person to say, yeah, sure. Then all he has to do is say, well, they did it. And how many people will go, well, you know, if, if you're, it, you're yeah. whatever that is. Oh, you froze on us, Mick. What did you say? Did he nail it? Well, well, yeah, he nailed it. It, That's exactly what it is. And the thing is, is, (laughs) you know, you don't know that in a year that guy's going to be a uh, a famous director or or producer. See, that's the other thing is, 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 you know, you're always, uh, unfortunately, I was good at what I did. And I tell this, I tell this to people when I say, yeah, you know, all the people that I knew in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 that were like accountants, uh-huh. uh, that, that were like assistant accountants that were PAs or anything, you know, a, a, probably three or four of those people actually hired me later on because I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So I had that problem of having known what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's expectations. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> then there's the expectations. Yeah, you know the thing. The thing is, is is I, I kept telling people. I said, you know, no matter what you do, if you're starting out as a PA on film, <laughs> do not know anything. Don't learn. They'll they won't know what to do with you, and they will keep kicking you upstairs until eventually you're just going to be an executive producer because that's the only fucking thing you can be. <laughs> that, that, so you're saying you'll they'll never fire you right exactly you know it, 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 how, how many times did i get so so what are you good at what am i good at <laughs> yeah, that, guy, that guy's an executive producer now <laughs> I, it, it makes me think because I, I i got for my work i was assigned i'm, I'm going to be mentoring somebody and right, all I could yeah. think about is I, I've already got my opening line. I'm just going to walk in and say, listen, these people are too nice to admit it, but I've gotten to where I am based solely on my looks. So I can't help you. <laughs> I don't know why they assigned you to me. I don't, don't know. know. I'm just, I I, it's, th- this is what keeps me employed right here. Look at this. 
but the world has changed back to what we're talking about Uh, james and i i had to go pick him up and his childhood home is where i went to college and that's where we uh anyway i had to go pick him up there and we were driving back and then we passed a house that used to be a fraternity house and i was like yeah used to pick a buddy up there when he was drunk long story we shared a two or three stories and i'm not going to share on this podcast right now and we both commented about we barely missed it if we had been two maybe four years older we would have been caught up in a lot of the stuff of mistakes that mistakes never go away now oh yes 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 that that's that that was interesting i uh, uh do you know what i mean and i'm not saying cooch boy isn't a piece of shit but i am talking about people saying things that are stupid people well, making comments people doing things that are stupid none of it goes away anymore well, I was say, and, and we got a little it. bit speaking of suicide squad we might not have got james gunn's suicide squad if he had, had he not, not been temper yeah. temporarily and and and, you know, I, I, his explanation made sense to me. I was young. I was trying to be more of a stand-up comedian. And so right. I pushed the boundaries. And it's one of those things that I'll, I'll use Lewis Black as an example. I find Lewis Black really funny. But Lewis Black on stage doing it is one thing. If I saw a guy coming down the sidewalk just screaming some of the stuff that Lewis Black says, I'd probably be like, I don't want that guy near me. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and I, I think that's, you know, it, it makes me think about, you know, back in, and, and Facebook does it to me where it'll do the memories of things I posted 12, 13 years ago. And I'll even read them and be like, man, that sounded like a cry for help. What was I thinking? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's random stuff that I posted or or I just right. post stuff like I could eat a taco. Nobody cares. Why our, did I post? our lives never disappear anymore. What are the, I mean, don't tell me some of the shit that you've done or said over the last, you know, what you're 35, 36, the last <laughs> 20 years of you being an adult. I mean, Mick, that would you want it to come back and haunt you? You made some mistakes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know. walked up to that guy after that panel that one day. <laughs> and being a Grateful really Dead fan. Yeah. That's really, really where I was going. Yeah, listen, just, listen. Let's bring honestly, it back around full circle. There was a fat long, guy with that's a beard. A long way, that's a long way to go for a joke. It was. It, was, it brought it all the way back. But seriously, though, I, I and we're getting off topic. I know people probably wanted to hear you talk about, uh, I mean, but- other shit but i think that's part of the industry because i do think we we have uh, and again i'm not excusing the behavior and again i if 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 i'm gonna use kevin space kevin spacey doesn't work again okay now if 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 i find if i find out later that nick cage is a terrible person i'll be heartbroken (laughs) well Uh, james but but, but wait a minute you know the, the 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 fact is that uh as much as as much as I don't think that we should go back and uh, eliminate uh, the stuff from Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey, yeah, you know? yeah, I'm, and I use him as an example. I, I, I also don't believe that you, you know, like there, there have been battles lately about people taking away uh, certain things uh, off of the off of uh, you know catalogs and stuff like that. You know, yeah. Uh, so it goes the other way. The thing is, is none of our shit is fucking precious no that and that's part where we got into are you you talking go ahead i'm talking about everything i'm 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 talking about you 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 know uh a lot of my stuff is still remembered but you know what i'm not 100 percent sure that i care one way or the other uh you know you don't really really yeah well i mean what look 
history is the only reason anybody remembers this stuff is that that we actually went out to try and create things i mean but art can be destroyed and and, and lost just as easily as anything else you mm -hmm. know i worry about i worry about like like albums and stuff like that think about that i mean mm -hmm. think think about some of the reasons like uh, th there are things that are really really good that are recordings and stuff that that we're never see again and and but in 20 years it isn't going to matter nobody's it isn't going to be relevant anymore i think that very few things uh in a hundred years ago are going to stand the test of time you know um you I and can I be completely wrong about that no, because no. i was completely wrong about the nightmare on street well i was about <laughs> to say we've talked about some shit before bud and i don't know that you would have said 31 33 years later we'd be sitting here and you'd be writing a book about nightmare on m street you'd be doing five thousand, getting asked the same damn question from fat nerds all across the world but you know the the the, the flip side of it Oh, yeah, it froze. Uh, it froze. We thought you were making fun of Joe's penis size again. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, see it, 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 froze on you. it froze on ruler. you. It froze on you like this. Uh, he was, he was, I, are you sure it wasn't like this? He was, no, he was doing no, his no. Ten Commandments Moses moment. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Nothing grows in the shade, folks. Keep going. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I think we've all had enough fun, don't you? Did I kill something? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You were about to say something. I thought. I I, I was just saying, no. I was just saying. Uh, I've had enough fun. Oh okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought he was telling us to end this podcast. I thought he was. I was just telling us to end this podcast, which is also probably like, yeah. It's been almost two hours anyway. But yeah. Uh, so before we go, I before do. You go. Yes, I do want to ask about your upcoming appearances uh and projects uh, i'm gonna be at scarefest yes. uh uh i fear the night is a uh vampire film that i'm working on that's going to come out soon um there's do you, another one i can't you have a remember. shooting date for that yet has it been still, uh, it still i i i think it's going to be in february um I'm doing one that I can't remember. You're doing a Star Trek film, aren't you, Nick? Yeah, that's right. That's that. That's on the slate too. Uh, I think I, I honestly think that next year is going to be a really busy year for me. I've got my own thing to direct, uh, uh, the House in the Pines. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the pines, in the pines, where, where the, the sun, sun never shines. Shine. <laughs> Sounds like somebody took a hacksaw to a cat's head. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm like living my best uh, dream and, and I'm still remodeling my house. I'm never yeah. going to get done. I'll send you a picture of my doors downstairs, which are amazing. <laughs> Please. Cause Jeff Zuckerberg does not want me to see them on Facebook for some odd reason. He only <laughs> wants me to see you post political shit and whatever movie or con you're going to is the only thing. Well, I, that's yeah, I, I, I have to send it to you direct. Um, but you know what? I, I got to tell you something though. Um, I want I want to tell you, you you guys this is is that I really 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 <laughs> look forward to your podcast all the time. Um, not when you have guests on because <laughs> guests are just blowhard assholes and I don't want to hear it. But <laughs> you but know you're have... a fucking guest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Hey, it's not like I don't know the nature of the problem. <laughs> it's so funny. We had a fake. So the other two couldn't do a director we had, and we ended up having to make it a two-part series. And I, I actually enjoyed it, but I was sitting there. Uh, honest to God, Mick's, Mick went through my mind going, later I'm going to hear from Mick going, why the fuck did he talk for two fucking hours? <laughs> why? But you know, and he took so many fucking pauses. This has been one of the most 20 minutes about fucking death in the middle of it. Keep going. This has been the most, this has been probably the most interesting uh, bonehead that I've heard just because we've like concentrated on like no particular thing, but we've really talked about the business in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I enjoyed ruminating about, you know, what we think about this business. Uh, This is, a complicated business that's constantly changing, um, and and I'm really I'm really fascinated with it in in its more egalitarian state in in the stuff that's I'm more interested in in the in streaming than I am on, on the things that are in the theater. But at the same time, I do think that if uh, more f- films came out that are as fucking as whacked out and just bleeding out of the top of your eyeballs as Suicide Squad, that uh, the Marvels would be better. Yeah. I mean, the DCs. Or do you mean the Marvels? He means all of it. It's all Marvel to him. He doesn't give two shits about the actual company that made it, right? Yeah. 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 The the, the Marvels. Mick, I tell you, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I would, when you're here at Scarefest, we're we're going to go ahead and schedule you and do it live from here. Yeah. Now that's, now when Scarefest comes, we're going to get together live and we'll burn this sucker down. Well, that, and we'll probably do dinner and some drinks, too. So hey, that's kind of hey, what Joe. I was looking for. Yeah. Joe, Sweet, we're mixed pan? <laughs> no, hey, Joe. What? We're filming, <laughs> we're, we're, Wait we're a filming minute. in I, your basement, I, right? Yeah. You know what? Who always tries, Rob Mello always tries to get me on that one. <laughs> he always, he makes me, he, whenever we're going to see each other, and we see each other all the fucking time, right? Yeah. We're always at the same cons together. And for some reason, every time, you know, it starts about two weeks before where he starts trying, he, he tr- tries to get me to, to make a bet on something, Yeah, you know, so, so that, so that I'll have to take him to dinner and buy his drinks. And I'm telling you, there isn't anybody out of the four of us that can afford Rob Mello's drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a not in a whole night. Oh my god! I'm gonna order like a 15 pound steak. Then all of a sudden my IBS kicks in. I'm like, oh Mick, I'll be right back. <laughs> he never <laughs> comes say, back. He never comes back. Dot and dash. But and yes, dash. Yeah, you got those projects. And uh, let's talk about what what are you? So you're not doing Rabbit Hole, right? Or you were paused on I, that? I I I paused on that. I'm not going to get into a whole thing with that. But we. I would love to get in. I would love to get into a, a, another project. Rabbit hole is just getting um, it, it's getting difficult. You, you know, the thing is, is I was trying to run people down, and 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 you know how hard this is is oh, actually to get a guest. Talked about it, yes. You yes. know, and and the thing is, is I don't want to know anything. I know. <laughs> I just want to show up. He just That's wants all. to show I just, up. And see I just want to be there for color commentary. You know, <laughs> because look, I I am essentially. I used to have a friend who was, uh, he always played dumber than he was. He was really pretty smart. And I used to say this, you, you know, he would talk in a really heavy Southern accent and he'd take his teeth out, you know, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but he was actually just whip smart. Right. Yeah. I would say, you know, the thing is, is 
the way that you get by and the way I get by are really interesting because you always play dumber than you are. And I always play smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it works for you. Look, you made a career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, look at how many people I fucking fooled. <laughs> I, honestly, though, it, it brings us so much joy that know that you actually <laughs> listen to it. And I know he listens because of the criticism. <laughs> direct and succinct well i don't know about succinct you guys have taught me you guys have taught me something the the number of (laughs) dumb shit movies that you've mentioned before just astounds me (laughs) i I know listen listen some people wasted their high school years going after girls or drugs or something like that. I stayed at home and watched movies. You can make of that as you will, but it, it, uh, it, it I would say it's paid off, but I don't know if it is. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been Bonehead Weekly. Mick, we can't. Please go check out his website. Go look and see where he's going to be. Go buy his book. Get the book. Get, Get the, the book. Get the book. It's, it's for the photos alone. Yeah. Even get, I get have to say, even I have to say, get the book. Yeah, get the book. See him. Get some get pictures. Of, you know what? The best way just to get a hold of me is just to DM me. Uh, go go to my uh, uh, Facebook page, and then don't 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 uh, don't push the friend button because I'll ignore you and ten thousand other people. Uh, just actually go in and DM me, and then um, and, well, and I'll get back to you and go what the what why are you bothering me Uh, all right man this has been bonehead weekly thank you see you guys